Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today, we've got a great malicious compliance story that happened while serving in the Air Force. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, cut the polystyrene into small squares as a top priority. I worked at a small AV company. We dealt with thousands of NEC displays every year, and management had absolutely no idea how to deal with the waste from each job. We used to throw it in the skip job done gets taken away. The company hired a new general manager, Martin was his name, who worked with me for two months. At this job I ran many roles as it was a small company. I was busy all day every day with warehouse management, PC configuration slash IT support, and also working in accounts with purchasing and ordering stock, etc. My pay didn't even cover warehouse management, let alone any of the other jobs. Martin decided to email me with a request on how I should manage the job that I'd been working at for 5 plus years, and knew like the back of my hand. Martin's top priority on the email was cutting the polystyrene into small squares to save space in the bins. Yep. I emailed Martin back to explain that if I'm standing there cutting polystyrene cubes into small squares, then most of my work time would be spent doing that and leaving no time for anything else. He replied by saying that it should still be the top priority on my things to do. So yeah, I took that literally. Nothing got done. No stock orders, no kit preparation, no deliveries, no PC builds. I couldn't fetch anything down from the racks on the forklift. I was the only one trained to do so. Absolutely nothing was done apart from cutting polystyrene into small cubes. Martin even brought in his own saw from home to help me save time cutting it up. Two days went by and I'd cut over a hundred plus blocks of polystyrene into small squares to save room in the bin. Everything in the company was falling to crap and Martin came down in a panic. Nothing had been done like I said as I didn't have the time if I cut the polystyrene into small squares. So I ended up having an argument with Martin in the warehouse asking about why the absolute freak I'm cutting polystyrene into small squares. Martin said it was to save money on buying skips. Then I pointed out that they paid me more than an extra collection over two days of cutting the polystyrene up. He walked off. A day later I received an email from my other manager who was higher up than Martin which basically said I have a disciplinary meeting at lunchtime that day. My reply was obviously, no, I needed time to prepare what I was going to say and made them push it back a week. I collected statements on my work from all my colleagues that were willing. Some even confronted Martin and called him a freaking idiot, which quite rightly he was. I collected my year's work, every job, every PC configuration, every order, every delivery, every kit, prep, etc. Everything was piled into six folders of crap to throw at them. So I had my disciplinary meeting and threw everything at them and they were absolutely speechless with all the crap I was doing that I had been told to prioritize cutting freaking polystyrene into small cubes to save on bin space. 
When asked if I had any questions, I asked that one of them shut up instantly. What risk assessment was carried out before asking an employee to cut up bonded polystyrene and what PPE was provided? I have a recording of the meeting and every single manager sat there in silence. My question went unanswered and one said, we'll answer that in our report, which I never received. Anyway, Martin was made redundant soon after. He was asked to drop his work equipment to me at the office. He sent it with a courier instead. In a situation like this where you're doing a lot of hard, important work and some new manager comes in and tries to pull you off of it and you know it's a bad idea, is that the kind of thing you just go with the flow on and let them figure that out for themselves? Or should OP have fought a little bit harder about this? I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments down below. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, you want to block my drive? Now, this happened in 2009, but still seems appropriate. My sister, 21-year-old female, and I, 27-year-old female, used to rent a house near a school, driveway parking for both our cars. We'd get parents parking by us, but they were respectful. However, three days on the trot, this one mum parked across our drive so we couldn't get on. Dropped curb blocked. First day, we parked up the road a bit and then moved after she had gone. Second day, same but further up and then walked a bit further to retrieve the car. Day three, this is getting annoying now, but it's Friday, so polite note on the windscreen advising her she's blocking a dropped curb. She dropped that on the floor after reading. Nice, right? Monday through Friday, the following week, she's back. Now it seems purposeful as there's lots of other places she could park. My sister even comments one afternoon that she's parked like a jerk, to which she says snarkily, I'm aware where I parked, thanks, before driving off. Well, cue evil ideas to pay her back before realizing we don't want to break the law. We are as petty as it comes, but not criminals, and this mom was due a bit of comeuppance. The following Monday, we come home from our separate universities to find our new friend in her usual spot. Cue petty witch moment. We pull our cars, her black Corsa, my purple KA bumper to bumper, both ends of her shiny white Evoque. Then we headed to speak to our next door neighbor as I'm blocking her driveway, so wanted to let her know. Myrtle is a petty granny and more than happy with this. She even came round ours for a coffee to watch. At 3.30, Mama Evoke and her crotch goblins wander up the street. She's loaded them in before she realizes she can't get her petrol-guzzling beast out. She hops out, checks the front, checks the back. We're sat in our lounge watching whilst Myrtle cackles like a witch, fully invested. Then the penny drops for Mama Evoke and she realizes what's going on. After a further 10 minutes of her trying to work out if she can get out without sacrificing her dignity and the crotch goblins whining, Mama walks down the driveway and knocks on our door. I answer, and she glances at the floor before muttering something about her car getting blocked in. I'm aware where I'm parked. Thanks, I reply sweetly, and she blushes. I'm sorry, okay? Now, she doesn't really sound sorry to me, but I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. She leaps back in and roars off down the street without a thank you, some people. However, she didn't block our drive for the remaining time we lived there. So, who knows? This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss maybe she learned her lesson honestly just living near a school sounds like kind of a nightmare scenario if you have a driveway i just expect it to at some point be blocked during prime time early afternoon hours or god forbid you have somebody that like decides well i'm gonna go pick up my kids but i'm gonna get there a little early and i'll just camp out in this empty driveway People sure do love to help themselves to your driveway. Our next story is guest service at Disney World. I've been a programmer by trade for more than 35 years, but for several years I worked part-time at Walt Disney World as a monorail driver. This also included a lot of time working at the stations, getting guests on trains and answering questions. Between the Transportation and Ticket Center, TTC, and the Magic Kingdom, MK, there are three monorail lines. Express, Resort, and Epcot. The resort trains stop at the three resorts on the monorail line, in addition to the TTC and the MK. The express trains only have two stops on the line, the TTC and the park. The Epcot line, of course, goes to Epcot. When I was working express at the MK station, I'd often have guests asking how to get to Epcot. Simple answer, get off at the first stop and then change trains. I'd also occasionally have difficult guests that wanted to be rude or otherwise unpleasant and then would ask how to get to Epcot. The answer they got, bearing in mind the express route only has two stops, third stop, change trains. Anybody that's paid to go to Disney World and you know how much basically you're paying per minute of being there and how much time they spent being on the monorail line knows that this is actually a pretty devastating form of malicious compliance. You really want to optimize how much time you're in there because not only is it expensive, but once you get to whatever attraction you're going to, you're probably still waiting at least 25 minutes to an hour to even get into the attraction. Our next story is, I have to pretend to be you? Basically, 15-year-old me was bullied back and forth into doing homework for other people and having people copy off my tests. I know people will say, why didn't you stand up for yourself? But reality is, counselors in our school would pull a Bible verse on, you can call it a day and tell you, you need to pray more, such is misery. So yeah, one time one of the kids who basically pretended to be my friend for good grades was always missing from class. Skipped school, the whole, I'm sick and I hate it here and she refused to come in. She missed so many exams too because of it. Teachers had adjusted to her behavior, and somehow after-school makeup exams or special exams were given to those who missed them. 
She begged me to go in for one, which was being proctored by a sub who didn't recognize me as myself, so I got into her seat, wrote her name, and failed her exam for her. A perfect 0%. It didn't stop her from other bullying things, but I made sure that exam reflected what she learned in class. Absolutely nothing. Honestly, I'm impressed because I imagine programs like this, they might just give you like pity bonus points just for making sure you spell your name right. For just being there, they might give you 10-15%. I always love those jokes in movies and shows where it's like, well, you get so and so many points just for showing up. They're like, yeah, that's what they did wrong. Our next story is, now you don't see them, now you do. I was an inspection specialist serving in the United States Air Force. This was way back in the early 80s. I had been assigned a sweet 30-day temporary duty to England. I had a large box of equipment that I brought over in order to support the daily maintenance of our aircraft. The way it worked is that I would work out of the local test lab at the base we were stationed at. I come into the lab, and I met by some real cool airmen that helped me get my box moved in, and briefly give me the rundown on who's cool and who isn't. The shop chief is not on the cool list, and it becomes very apparent when he finally shows up to see who the visiting airman is. One of those people that think they're above you for whatever reason? Bottom line is that he was despised by his crew. I needed to borrow a pair of pliers in order to loosen up some bolts holding the equipment box lid on, so I got a pair from their toolbox and got to work on packing. It was a Friday, and I was eager to get done with it so I could sample the English culture firsthand. In my haste to get out the door, I failed to return the pliers to the toolkit, which is a huge no-no when you're in the Air Force and have access to a working flight line. All tools have to be accounted for at the end of each shift. This is to prevent a lost tool from either being left inside an airplane or left on the ground just waiting to be sucked into the intake of a jet engine. I get it, and I'm good with this rule. Anyway, I had to come into the lab on Saturday, and I was told that the pliers were left out and are missing. Normal protocol demands that I report the missing tool to the dispatch office, and they'd shut down the flight line until either the tool was found elsewhere or it was verified that it wasn't on the flight line. I decided to forego that part because I knew that the pliers never left the room we were in, and we were located well over a quarter mile from the flight line. I, we as in the guys assigned weekend duty, spent hours scouring that entire lab for those pliers. We moved everything out of a couple of the rooms, checked in every box and container, and even looked in all the desks, except one. It was the shop chief's desk, and it was locked up. I made the comment that we should x-ray his desk just to make sure. We had the capability to perform mobile x-ray inspection came back that Sunday and looked through everything again and still didn't find them. Monday comes and the shop chief asks if we had any luck finding the pliers. We told him no and explained everything we did. He told us to try one more time, so off we go to repeat the process for the third time. However, as I was moving stuff in the room where I originally thought I lost the pliers, I spot them on the floor behind the wheel of a cart that I'd moved out of that room two times before. I quietly let the crew know that I found them and told them that the shop chief must have been holding them, so I picked them up and put them in my pocket and told the crew to not say a word. Here's where the compliance comes in. We went ahead and cleared everything out of the room, as in totally empty. I called the shop chief over and told him that the room was cleared and we didn't find the pliers. 
He walks over to the door of the room, I'm tracking where his eyes go, looks in the exact spot where he put the pliers, and literally jumps a bit like he was startled. Then I really start laying it on thick. I tell him that the only place we haven't looked was in his locked desk, and how I was tempted to x-ray it, but now we have to call dispatch, since the pliers have been missing for over two days that the flight line must be shut down, acting like I'm about to panic because we could damage an airplane and compromise the mission. I just let it rip, and the whole time, I watched his face get redder and redder until he finally fesses up and admits to hiding the pliers. I laid into him a lecture about playing games and how he started this game, and now he wants to whine that I played the same game with him. Now keep in mind that this jerk outranked me, but he realized that I had him by the balls because if he went after me for some kind of insubordination, then he'd have to explain a tool gone missing for over two days without reporting it. So in the end, I was a hero to the crew, and the shop chief left me alone the remaining 27 days I was there. This guy is so scummy to try to, I don't know, hold this over you or get you in trouble or something. It's pretty darn satisfying, but I would have honestly have liked to see them get in trouble. I would have liked to see them go forward with reporting this and being held liable for their dumb actions. Although being unbothered the rest of the time there, that's also just pretty satisfying and good as it is. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.